Okay, Bob Lindella Lifers, we are in the Gospel of Luke. We're going through the New Testament in a year. We're doing it one chapter a day. If you follow us Monday through Friday, you'll get through the whole thing. So we are in chapter 7 of Luke. Luke the physician traveled around with Paul, investigated everything to see what these things were and how they should be communicated to us. So we're learning about Jesus and learning what Jesus did for us and did while he was here. Well, when Jesus finished saying all of these things, what things? He was talking about judging people. He was talking about a, a tree bearing good fruit. He was talking about building on the rock and not on the sand. When Jesus had finished saying all of these things in the hearing of the people, Jesus liked to teach. He liked to teach publicly. He liked to teach, he liked to, teach to the people, and the people liked to hear him. He entered into Capernaum. Well, Capernaum is a village on the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus, for his ministry, is making that sort of his headquarters, where he is primarily. Now he moves out of there, travels around the Galilee. An awful lot of his ministry is around the region of the Sea of Galilee. He goes into Jerusalem three times in the Gospels. There a centurion's servant. Now a centurion is a Roman soldier who has 100 soldiers under him. So he's pretty important, has an important position. Centurion, century 100. So there was a centurion's servant. Now, these guys ordinarily wouldn't be so concerned with the servants in their house, these centurions. But this one is a little different. There was a centurion's servant whom his master valued highly. And he was sick and he was about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him asking him to come and to heal the servant. A couple of things there. The first thing is that Jesus' notoriety, Jesus' uh, promotion was through word of mouth. Uh, Jesus wasn't promoting himself. He wasn't putting up billboards or lawn signs or taking out ads on <clears throat> the radio or Google ads or Facebook ads. People were just sharing about Jesus to their neighbors, to others. And this centurion, who he would have known what was going on in town, he hears about Jesus and he hears that Jesus heals. Now, the centurion, he also has a good relationship with the Jewish authorities, with the Jewish religious leaders. Because he says to the religious leaders, can you go ask Jesus to come and heal my servant? So he's using the connections that he has now. The religious leaders weren't real fond of Jesus, but they know what's going on with Jesus. And, and this guy, he really can't sort of distinguish between what's going on in the Jewish community and what's going on with Jesus. So he asked them to, to go and find Jesus. They do. <clears throat> when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly. They said, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and he has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. Now, this whole thing about deserving, um, none of us deserve anything. We, de we deserve to be separated from God because that's the decision we made. We deserve to be separated with him, from him forever. That's the decision that we made. <clears throat> but Jesus listens to them and he goes, he goes to see this man. And this guy had helped them build their synagogue, so he seems to be a community-minded man. There's a lot of good community-minded people out there. And good community-minded people don't always know the Lord. They're good people. They do a lot. This guy is a caring person. He cares about his servant. He cares about his community. He cares about the people that live there. And so he's a, he's a good man. He's a, he's a good military man. 
He was not far from his house when the centurion sent friends to him. So Jesus is coming. And he sent some of his friends who said, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. This is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. Worthy to come to you? This guy's an important person. And he feels this sense of unworthiness that he can't come to Jesus. So wherever he's at spiritually, wherever he's at emotionally, he has some sense that he's distant from God and he has some sense that Jesus is sent from God and that he's really not worthy to be in the presence of God. Well, this guy is a sitting duck for salvation. This is this guy's a sitting duck for Jesus to save him. <clears throat> he said, that's why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. All Jesus needs to do is speak a word. All he needs to do is think a thought, really. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me, and I tell this one go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes, and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. So this guy understands authority, and this guy sees that Jesus has authority, and that Jesus has authority to heal. He understands that. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd following him, he says to the crowd, I tell you, I have not found such great faith in Israel. And then the men who had sent returned to the house and found, found the servant well. So what did Jesus mean? They haven't found such faith in Israel. Well, they were the people who were supposed to be waiting for the Messiah. They were the people that were supposed to know what was going on here. They were supposed to know the Old Testament scriptures. They were supposed to be looking. They were supposed to be expecting God. Of course, they knew that God had done great things in the past and that God would do great things in the future. <clears throat> but, but to understand that he would do great things now, they seem to be blind to that. And Jesus says, here's this outsider, this Gentile, who he understands and he gets it. Wow. So that's an indictment on religious people. And if you're a religious person, it could be an indictment on you. You could be a good person, good community leader, whatever, but you're distanced from God. And you know, this guy knows that he's distanced from God. Even though he's a good person, he knows. So let's keep reading. Verse 11. Soon afterwards, not too long after this, Jesus went into the town of Nan. And his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. Well, Jesus wasn't telling the crowd to follow, but uh, they want to follow to see what he's going to do. This is amazing. Jesus has come into the community. Everything is changing. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. So this is sort of a sad story. Anybody that's lost a child knows it's not supposed to be that way. You're not supposed to lose the children first. You know, the parents are supposed to go first, not the children. And this is sad. And what makes it even sadder is that the, the, the woman is a widow. She doesn't have a husband. She only has one child. She has this boy. Probably the boy was useful to her to to help her. It was hard to be a woman in the first century, the ancient world, all of the things that needed to be done. Um, it really was a different world, the way that uh, <clears throat> duties were divided, very much so, you know, women's duties and men's duties, and just a tough world if you were a woman in the first century. So this is a sad, sad story. And a large crowd from town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. I love that, that Jesus' heart goes out to her. 
Jesus' heart is going out to us. Many of us are experiencing difficult emotional situations, just like this woman. And Jesus' heart is going out towards us. Jesus cares. Jesus cares that, that the devil has come to rob and to kill and to destroy. He's, he's the one who used that phrase at the, in John 10.10. 10. The, the devil has come to rob and to kill and destroy, but I've come to give life and life more abundantly. And this family, small as it is, but this family is going to experience a miracle. And then he went up and he touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. Pretty strange scene, right? Think about it. And he said, young man, I say to you, get up. Hmm. Well, the dead man sat up and he began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother. This is so often what Jesus does. When he heals somebody, when he casts out a demon, he restores them back to their family. I think restoring to family is one of the great miracles that is often missed in the gospel. One of the great miracles that is often missed by people who are following God, that Jesus likes to reunite families. And he does this often, gives them back to the family, gives them back to the community. So now he's useful to the family again, he's useful to his mom, and he's useful to the community. Well, they were all filled with awe, and they praised God. Well, that's what's supposed to happen with miracles. You're supposed to be praising God because of them. And a great, they, they said, a great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. Wow, how cool is that? God has come to help his people. And this news about Jesus spread throughout Judea in the surrounding county. Well, the, the spread of the news is coming through gossip, coming through neighborhoods, coming through people talking about Jesus to their friends, to their neighbors. It goes on and it talks about John the Baptist. John the Baptist is in jail now. And John the Baptist is having some doubts. He's wondering, and he asks the question, are you the one that's supposed to come? And Jesus said, well, he, John had sent uh, you know, some of his followers to go out and ask Jesus. And Jesus told him, he said, you know, go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is a man who does not fall on account of me. Well, John was experiencing doubt. And I like the idea that this is included in the gospel, that John was experiencing doubt. What did Jesus do with doubt? He's able to deal with your doubt. He doesn't um, <clears throat> chide us necessarily for it, but he tells us, be careful you don't fall away because of doubt. But Jesus can entertain your doubts and Jesus can overcome your doubts. So it's not unusual to doubt, but the answer always is Jesus and the person of Jesus. So go back and read the gospels and read who he is and your doubt begins to disappear. You know, the next one, um, you'll have to read it for yourself, is Jesus is anointed by this, this sinful woman. And the disciples, they're all freaked out that this sinful woman is, uh, you, you know, worshiping him and uh, pouring all of this, uh, uh, this over him. You know, she's a sinner. Uh, and Jesus said, asked the question. He said, no, listen to this. He said, verse 41, two men owed money to a certain moneylender. So it looks like they both owed money, same guy. One owed him 500 denarii, so I would just think of it in terms of dollars or whatever. And the other one owed him $50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now, which do you think loved him more? And Simon Peter said, well, I suppose the one that canceled the bigger debt. And he said, you judged correctly. So uh, this woman was so thankful that Jesus was there, so thankful that Jesus had come to pay attention to people, to reunite families, to have his heart go out, to deal with our doubts. 
Loving Jesus, loving Jesus. So, uh, Lord, uh, help us to love you more today and help us more to love you today than yesterday. We love you. We love you. We love you. We thank you for who you are. So, Bible and Daily Life, find us wherever you find us. Find us on Spotify. Find us on iTunes. Find us on uh, YouTube. Find us BibleandDailyLife.com. Find us all over the place. Find us on Facebook, The Bible and Daily Life. Okay. Hey, bless you guys. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved by God.